all the people of God said together, Amen. It's good when we can have agreement, isn't it? But sadly, life doesn't work out that way. We, we fall into different disputes and contestations, and that's just the way of the world. Ever since Genesis chapter 3, we don't do much agreeing anymore. But that doesn't mean that we should not strive for that. Amen? Do, you, we can throw our hands up and declare all is lost and woe is me, and but, but, but that's not the promise that we've been given as believers. God have told me that my situation is not beyond his ability. He has made it very evident to me that whatever I face, he have already faced. <laughs> he, he have made me very aware that even when it looks like the bottom is about to fall out, He's there to hold me up. Some, somebody ought to be appreciative of that. If, if you had a week like I've had this week, you should be giving God praise right now. You, you'll notice I'm a little restricted right now. I've been sick for a little while. Uh, but, but I see the blessing in that. I lost a couple of pounds. And I'm not mad at God about that. You understand what I'm saying? I say, even in my infirmity, Lord, I didn't have to join the gym have a personal trainer. I didn't need any of that stuff. He just went on ahead and straightened me out. Since I'm going to be with y'all for a little while, I'll, I'll, I'll give you an insider's tip. When I preach two times, if you want to get the condensed version, come to the early service. Because I'm on a leash and restricted by the fact there's another service. But if you want the amplified version then you want to come at 11 o'clock where I can stretch out just a little taste. Is that all right? Okay, I, I want to make sure that we understand that because the word of God is, is inexhaustible. Now, some preachers will preach you to sleep. That was your text, wasn't it? When, no? Josh did it? Okay, when, when a guy fell out the window because the preacher wouldn't be quiet? Okay, so, so I'll never keep you that long, okay? And there's no windows in here anyway, so... But, but, but I'm going to take my time just a little bit today. Um, and you know that I'm usually very animated, so, but I'm just oh, trying to get situated. But the devil is a liar, and I'm calling him out right now, okay, that you had a chance to kill me and you didn't. Sucks for you. Because <laughs> now I'm even more encouraged to say a word for this Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I'm going to read very speedily a lot of text. And as I'm reading, I'm going to make some points so that you can make some notes. And then I'll condense all of that down into just one common idea that I want you to go away from here with today. Is that okay? All right. Now, I got King James this morning. Part of the problem being with a college professor, you have multiple translations. I just grab, grab a Bible on my way out. So I got the King James right here. So it may not read exactly what, what you're seeing in your NIVs or whatever version you're using. Uh, I'm going to turn the page. Shouldn't do that. It starts in uh, Acts 19, chapter, uh, Acts 19, verse 23. 
because I want you to read it for yourself. Make sure I'm not slipping anything in on you or making this stuff up. You are to always prove scripture. Amen. I, somebody told me that will not get you into glory. It reads like this, in the same time, there arose no small stir about that way. Paraphrase is on and popping in Ephesus. For a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, which made silver shrines for Diana, brought no small gain unto the craftsmen. This is their livelihood. This is how they make money. This is how they pay bills. Okay. And Demetrius is the union steward. And so he calls everybody together, workmen of like occupation, and says, Sirs, you know that by this craft we have our wealth. Moreover, you see in here that not only alone at Ephesus, but almost throughout all Asia, this Paul, I imagine there's a lot of people that ran into Paul that come away with that conclusion. This Paul, he's a pretty formidable fella hath persuaded and turned away much people. Translation, he's doing his job, saying that they be no gods which are made with hands, so that not only this our craft is in danger to be set at naught, but also that the temple of the great goddess Diana should be despised, and her magnificence should be destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worship. Up until this point, this is all hearsay. So put a note there. This is hearsay. Paul haven't done anything other than preach the word of God. And when they heard these sayings, they were full of wrath, uh, cried out saying, great is Diana of the Ephesians. And the whole city was filled with confusion. And having caught Gaius and Aristarchus, men of Macedonia, Paul's companions in travel, they rushed with one accord into the theater. And when Paul would have entered in unto the people, the disciples suffered him not. He, he wanted to confront the crowd, but his assistants would not let him. And certain of the chief of Asia, which were his friends, sent unto him, desiring him that he would not adventure himself into the theater. His friends from, that weren't even in the city told him, man, that's a strange bunch in Ephesus. Leave him alone. Some therefore cried one thing, some another, for the assembly was confused. Underline that. Put a parenthesis around that. Because at the great gathering that's about to jump off, a lot of people will be present and won't even know why they're there. Mm. Jesus. And they drew Alexander out of the multitude, the Jews putting him forward, and Alexander beckoned with the hand and would have made his defense unto the people. But when they knew that he was a Jew, all with one voice about the space of two hours, two hours, cried out, great is Diana of the Ephesians, as if that's going to make her greater than the Lord God. And when the town clerk had appeased the people, he said, ye men of Ephesus, what man is there that knoweth not that the city of Ephesians is a worshiper of the great goddess Diana and of the image which fell down from Jupiter. Translation, they're wrong as two left shoes. Seeing then that these things cannot be spoken against, you ought to be quiet. That's some good advice. And to do nothing rashly. 
For ye have brought hither these men, which are neither robbers of churches, nor yet blasphemers of your goddess. Wherefore, if Demetrius and the craftsmen, which are with him, have an issue against any man, the law is open, and there are deputies. Let them implead one another. But if ye inquire anything concerning other matters, it shall be determined in a lawful assembly. For we are in danger to be called in question for this day's uproar. In other words, God's going to hold some folks accountable. Okay, okay, I lost my place. Such an plead. Blah, blah, there, there. Okay. For we are in danger to be called into question for this day's uproar, there being no cause whereby we may give an account of this concourse. And when he had thus spoken, he dismissed the symbol. 20 verses. Let me distill them down. Sermon, the danger of following the crowd. Now, ordinarily, when we think about a crowd, we think about a group of like-minded people. Yeah. If you had a baseball game, okay, probably everybody there is a baseball fan. Not everybody, but the majority are present because they have a common interest. That's a, that's a good thing. Uh, when you go to the movies, the people that are, depending on what the movie is, or are, are we, I'm trying to think of the last time I've been to a movie. Jesus, man. I'm going to reach way back. But, but if I'm in a Christian show, I would assume that a significant portion of the audience is Christian because that's the movie that's being played. So in and of themselves, crowds are not dangerous. But we have an enemy who is very subtle in his sedition activity. He, he won't just blatantly step to us and call us out. He'll just try to seduce us. Anybody ever have a visit from death? Okay. He, he don't show up like death. He shows up like something else. And it's only after you've been around him for a little while you got to get to smell him. Mmm, that smell like death. And then every, every so often you start to see different things. and Mmm, that looks like death. So death is among us all the time because we have an enemy that wants to cut us off from life. I love the song the worship team sang today. Death has been arrested. And all this week on my sick bed when the devil was talking about, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get you, boy. I'm trying to get you right now. Don't, don't you feel me at you right now? And I had to remind him that the Lord spoke a word called life. And not just life, abundant life, eternal life. So give it your best shot, devil, and we'll see what comes of it. If at the end of the week I'm gone, I'll be with Jesus. That's a win. And if I'm still here, that's still a win. <laughs> but, but we have to always understand that there are so many things at us in our faith. And it's not always just up front and out front and all of those kinds of things. It's just those little subtle movements. Now, Demetrius got a good idea. He's the union steward. That's his job to make sure everybody that has the same occupation as he is getting broke off good and proper according to their trade. I, I'm a uh, retired union member, okay? 
But even in the union, it's some scallywags and some scoundrels. Okay? Uh, how, how many of y'all have seen the movie Hoffa? Okay. You don't have to really identify. But I'm, I'm telling you that, 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 again, just because it's a crowd of like-minded people, we can't assume that everybody is about the right thing. In here today, you know, we, we want to be assured of the fact that everybody is here because they want to be. They've been informed of what we do when you come here, and it, it jumps off like it's supposed to do. But you can't always be sure. Because I keep hearing headlines about pastors that are caught in pastoral mischief. That's a problem. So even among the saints of God, there are persons that are not like-minded. This is the danger in following the crowd. Okay? And so now as our scripture jumps off, uh, this is how Paul will describe it when he writes to the church at Corinth. He said, I have fought with beasts at Ephesus. He's talking about the portion of scripture I just read to you. And he writes to another church. He said, man, I've been to some spots where I should have been good to go, but I showed up, and the crowd wants my head. They crying out for my blood, okay? And I would have took him on. He's a fighter like me, or I'm a fighter like him. Uh, and, and, and it just wasn't expeditious at the time for him to submit himself to risk. Later on, when he preaches at Derby, he'll get tightened up a little bit, okay? But we've got to come away from this idea that we don't have to invest in proving and discerning certain aspects of our Christian experience. Here's what I said to the 8 o'clock crowd. God gave you a brain. Guess what he wants you to do with it? Who said it? That's the right. Say it loud so everybody can hear that. How about that as an idea? Did you think that? Okay. You got a nose, blow it. Okay. <laughs> okay. You got hands, you can ring them. You do a lot of stuff with hands. But, 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 but you got a brain. And the reason your brain is so important is because God invites us into this critically thinking context. Jesus is a critical thinker. He's a student of the Torah, the law. He knows all the customs of his people. Actually, he knows the entire history of the world, but he's undercover in his humanity for a certain length of time in his ministry. And so uh, people roll up on him and like, yeah, there's no way this guy can be the son of God. I mean, I, that, that's, that's Mary's boy, okay? And I, kn I know what they told Joseph, and Joseph went for that, but this whole thing about the Holy Spirit overshadowing her and she's a virgin, But even Jesus has to become a critically thinker. Here, here's how you know when he's about to tighten somebody up. He'll say, you have heard it said. Right? That's the group think. That's the group mentality. He says, you've heard it said. And if the group think was working, I shouldn't have to say anything. But you have heard it said, and now I say to you. That's the reorienting. That's the re configuration of our thoughts and ideas. And then this is what the Lord himself says, prove me. You don't just got to take my word for stuff. I give you the word of God. You can look it up in scripture for yourself. You can get with other believers and, and talk it through. And here's the other thing that I'll let you know, that just because we're a member of a congregational body, 
we won't always agree. All right? Some, some people insist on having a male pastor. Hey, if that's your thing, my, the, my deal is have a pastor. Okay? Uh, may, may they only want certain people to pray for them. Honey, if I'm hurting, I want everybody praying for me. Even if you ain't got a relationship with Jesus and I'm sick, I want you praying for me. Okay? But, 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 but the whole idea is to understand that we are created as individuals to become a part of a body. And the body is called the Christian community of faith. And so where men and everything on this side of Genesis chapter 3 tries to get us to become crowd, and uh, the problem with crowds is that they very quickly turn into mobs. Okay, This is what Ben Franklin says about a mob. He said a mob is a bunch of heads with no brain. I've been to those meetings. Like all the PhDs and THDs and all the credentials in the world, and then we're going through an agenda, and common sense is not on the, not on the agenda anywhere. What, what you just said doesn't make any sense. Well, we've, we've clinically proven that through survey parameters. That still don't make it make sense to me. It, what, what you're asking us to do just is of, it just doesn't make sense. And so again, we have to tap into the fact that God has blessed us with discernment. We can prove everything. And God even wants us to prove his things. Amen? Okay, when, when, when somebody comes to me talking about, oh, I, I think I've been called to preach. Okay. Let's see. Let, let's conduct the investigation. Let's get you a trial sermon, blah, blah, blah. And through a process of discernment, we can come to a conclusion together that this is the call that the Lord has on your life. The only problem with that is sometimes you got a bad message. The devil was setting you up for a failure, and you ain't got preach on you. So we got to find a, gently, a gentle way to help you find your true calling versus what somebody— how many of you know that grandma is your biggest fan? You can stand up here and, and say the sky is green and grandma will say amen. Because grandma will love you like that, okay? You could be the worst singer in the choir and grandma will push that you have a solo. Okay, She'll be the only one, but, but she'll raise a stink. My baby don't get to stink, don't get to sing or... I've seen them out to uh, my grandson's playing football, and, uh, and I've been out there. You're not playing my kid. And I'm, I turn to my wife and go, the kid can't play, y'all. <laughs> You're actually doing that little fella a favor because he's going to get hurt out there. He, he don't have sense enough to protect himself. And so, again, we find that in the crowd mentality, very quickly, reason escapes us. Common sense eludes us. And our ability to get to the authentic truth of the gospel evades us. And what a tragedy. I, I read through the sermon notes that uh, Pastor Christie had left for me, and I saw that. And, and, and she's 100% she's accurate that they're promoting a false god over the real god. They're economically driven and not spiritually driven. All that's great stuff. But here's what jumped out at me when I read the text. It says that in the theater, and at that time, Ephesus was a town of about 25,000 
people, they got everybody together to try to work out this situation. And what a great evangelistic opportunity got missed simply because somebody could not reason with the crowd. I told you before, the text told you that there was people at the meeting didn't even know why they were there. They just showed up because that's where everybody was going. Okay. You ever been to a been invited to a place and you get there to find out that it ain't for you? Okay. I I did a country and western wedding. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> in uh where was it? And it, it was in the in the, it was in the backwoods, and they had cowboy hats. And, and I'm not saying this demeaning to those of you that like that culture, but it was kind of shocking for me. First of all, you ask a black preacher from the hood to come do your wedding. And I'm down for that. You know, I'm, I'm up for the, you know, spread it out, be diverse. But boy, oh, boy, they say, do, do, do you intend to stay for the reception? Cause I know what happened when it start to get dark. Who, who, who? say the freaks come out at night, and some freaks don't even wait for it get to really get dark. It just kind of get kind of dark. So, so there's just some places I ought not be, and some crowds and some associations the Lord has not meant for me to be a part of. Amen. And I should be appreciative of that. That I don't have to spend all the wear and tear, all the additional expense. Try, I, I, I'll give you another example. I tried golf one time. And when, when I saw how far I hit the ball, first of all, it didn't go where I wanted to do, it to go. It didn't go as far as I needed it to go. And I didn't know how to fix that. When I asked some questions about how do I improve, and they started telling me about green fees and the pro shop and I says, golf's not for me. Okay, it's golf's not for me. I need a ball I can put in my pocket. Maybe. We just have to be very careful and discerning. Because just because the crowd does it, doesn't mean it's for you. Some of your dear friends are involved in some things that are credible. Volunteer work, charity work. But you found out that that just wasn't for you. So I'm saying that might not, not, that may not be your particular uh, contribution to the community of faith, but find it. We discern that together as the community of faith. Does that make sense? Okay, I think that's very important for us to consider. We, we just about done. We just about done. I just don't want to make. I want to make sure I don't leave anything out. Yeah, so since, the, since they can't find Paul in violation, they grab his helpers and want to go crazy. And that really gets Paul's dander up. And he's like, but here's, here's the whole thing that gets missed in this, and it'll take the town clerk to make it straight in just a minute. But Ephesus is a free city. There are several cities in Asia Minor where they have purposely constituted themselves as a city to be cosmopolitan. They, they want to know what the latest trends are, what is, what's the latest fashions. They're on that uh, mercantile route over in the Golden Crescent. 
And so that whole geography speaks of multiple cultures and multiple economic levels and multiple faith traditions. So all things being considered equal, Paul should have been able to say whatever he wanted to say. But they had prejudged him and assumed on the whining of Demetrius and his crew that, no, Paul don't get to talk. Matter of fact, we, we want to kill him. We'll just make sure that he don't talk. Okay? But God rescues Paul. Again, I, I want you to understand that everything is not for us. Everything is not for us. And that doesn't mean God's holding out on you. But he knows how he have wired you. The Lord, the Lord created me with a big mouth. And I've come to the conclusion I was going to either be a lawyer, a preacher, or a professor. I'm two of the three. But uniquely wired for the service that the Lord anticipates getting out of me. Okay? He, he, don't, he don't turn to my brother and say that. And I have two brothers. Okay? They, they're as far away from the call to preaching as you can get. Yeah, yeah pretty bad. They're still out in the madness. Okay. But I have to hold down this for them so that they have a way back if they ever decide to change their mind. And if somebody doesn't get out every now and then, very few will get out. I'm always amazed at Christians that don't want to share their testimony. Oh, you worry more about the opinion of people than the approval of God. You got to be able to break that stuff down so that people can understand that. Well, Rev, I'm not really a, but the Lord, you told me the Lord said that you were supposed to do this, but I don't ever see you doing that. That's a problem, okay, because your gift makes room for you. And again, I'm going to be the one that got to give the account when what was supposed to be done didn't get done. So as far as I'm concerned, let, let me run my own program, okay? And I'll do that in Christian community. You know, pa uh, Pastor Christie's in my community, Pastor Kevin, Pastor John. I mean, uh, we, we'll encourage each other. We don't have to look outside church to find encouragement. There's plenty of it right here. But the thing that I just, the Holy Spirit would not let me get away from was Royce. What about these 25,000 souls? What about them? Some, all of them need Jesus. It's evident from the text. But they, they won't even give Paul a chance to preach. So we got to pray that they come away from the meeting all fat and sassy and satisfied. Yeah, we put down that revolt. But you didn't learn the knowledge of the Lord. You didn't get a relationship with him as a result. Nowhere in the text that I read to you does it present anybody asking any questions. It's just a bunch of assumptions, hearsay, and let's just go, let's go throw down on these fellas. Okay. God holds us accountable to a much higher standard. And if you're going to say something on God's behalf, be very sure he said it. How, how about that for an idea? Okay, I got people tell me that all the time. They say, well, it's in the Bible. Okay, show me. I'm not going to dispute you, but show me. And if you can't show me, then stop saying it's in the Bible. Okay, 
That's what's causing a lot of the unrest in our nation right now. Christians on both sides of the arguments trying to make meaning, but the problem is they have not committed to communities of faith. They're following the crowd. There's a MAGA crowd. There's a left crowd. There's a there's just a bunch of crowds right now where every time I try to learn the uh, gender-specific alphabet, they add a new letter. Pre pretty soon, the whole alphabet. Okay? And, and I'm not saying that uh, I'm against people that have that struggle. I'm just encouraging them to be born again. So what I want to say to you right now is I want to pause. I don't want to just assume everybody in here is a born-again baptized believer. If you're in our midst today, as we make our way to the communion table, I want you to feel a part of this fellowship. They practice open communion here. That means you can be a member of another church and come and, you know, break bread with us. That's the community of faith extended. Um, but if you got these sin issues that are still unresolved, I think we need to stop and make time for that right now. So I'm not going to call you up here and embarrass you. I know some of y'all ain't in your Sunday best. Some of you like me, hard put and set upon. But I want every head to bow. And I'm going to pray the sinner's prayer. And if I've just described you as outside the ark of safety, the forgiveness of your sins, I want you to repeat that prayer with me. And the Bible tells me, and I can show you where, that you will be saved. If you confess with your mouth, anybody know that scripture? Confess with your mouth, believe, then what? You shall be, okay. I'm not making that up, okay? How do I know it worked? I've been saved over three decades, okay? I was out there in them streets, in the madness. I was the guy you didn't want to run into when it got dark. Okay. Um, this is why we have to have a testimony. We have to be willing to share th to those that are still out there that we were too. And yeah, that might be your situation today, but that don't have to be your situation always. I'm speaking to somebody right now. I know I am. That, yeah, you might be a little unclean right this minute, but Jesus want to make you clean. You, you might be a little unsettled in your situation right now, but God wants to settle your situation. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm serious about this. Do not leave like these Ephesians with the word of God preached into your hearing and you reject salvation. It's the worst decision you can make in your entire life. So now again, every head is bowed as I pray the sinner's prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you for a hill called Calvary. We thank you for a person called Jesus who humbles himself to the most ignoble death possible, not guilty of anything, but standing in the gap for our offenses. We believe that you died for our sins and that three days later, the father raised you from the grave. Hallelujah, somebody. And because you have been resurrected, all of us who once were dead in our sin 
and trespass can be made quickened by that same word of life. Death was arrested. I wish I'd have had that lyric. I'd have prayed that all this week. Death, go sit down over there. You've been arrested. Okay, go, go sell that hooey somewhere else. If you believe what I've just said in your heart and you accept that, you're saved. Hallelujah, somebody. Now, your, situ your, your earthly situation may not change this minute, but it will. I guarantee it. There was times out there on the streets where I thought this was the end for me. But here I am, 30 years sober. Don't tell me what the power of God will or will not do. Stop following the crowd. Get your own mind. He's given you a brain. How about you use it? 